is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days, as we apostles were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by soothsaying. She followed Paul and us, crying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul was annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs which is, it is not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's fetters were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Men, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once with all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced with all his household that he had believed in God. Peace be to you that he does. Through my spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I will sing of your mercies, O Lord, forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
to St. John. Let us be attentive. time as Jesus passed by he saw a man blind from his birth and his disciples asked him Rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus answered it was not that this man sinned or his parents but that the works of God might be made manifest in him we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day night comes when no one can work as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As he said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and anointed the man's eyes with the clay, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back, seeing the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, Is not this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He said, I am the man. They said to him, Then how were your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was a division among them. So they again said to the blind man, What do you say about him? Since he opened your eyes, he said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been born blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, 
you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is a marvel. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Peace be to you, the evangelizer. Glory to you, O Lord, glory to you. blessing and an honor to once more be with you my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord I thank Father Matthew for making a brief introduction of the service that we are conducting this morning the liturgy the holy liturgy with the bishop in the altar for a moment somebody asked me a question about changing something in the order of the service this morning. So I shared with him a rather trite joke. I said to him a question. How many Orthodox does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> you know what the answer is? Change? Never. <laughs> However, we're here today because for the last five Sundays the Holy Orthodox Church presents us with exactly that conundrum. That exactly issue of change and how difficult it is for the human being, although it has been created and fashioned 
by the hands of the Almighty God. The one who creates and originates creation and change, still we are not that easy in changing. If you recall, Thomas Sunday, the Sunday of the Merberry women, the Samaritan woman, the encounter of Christ with the Samaritan woman, the paralytic, and today the blind man. It is all about change. Not simply a change physical one. We all of us grow older, that is a change. But how many of us we accept that change? And how graceful in God's love do we accept that change? But also spiritual change. And many other changes. So Christ today invites us through the fact, the, the event of the blind man to make that question a question, a quest for our lives about changing. You recall the ancient philosopher Diogenes famously was said to walk the streets of Athens looking for an honest man. In this time and time, his search would be a long one, I fear. The idea of light dispelling darkness, bringing truth to light, and so forth, is a perception embedded in the consciousness of humanity from time immemorial. The theme of light, since we are discussing the sight of the blind man, the theme of light is one that is carried through the season from Pascha to Pentecost. And a number of our hymns including today's entrance hymn, borrow imagery from a verse written by the prophet Malachi. Jesus is called the son of righteousness. Uilios des Nikiosinis, which in English makes a nice wordplay, for he gives light to blind, physically and spiritually. The darkness of the night cannot hold in the light of the day. I see in your faces, every time I come here, that light emanating from your faith. The question is to what extent that light becomes a factor, an agent of change in your lives. Today and last night we celebrate and celebrated 15 years of the Hagia Sophia Academy 
in this blessed community. An academy which educates the whole child with beauty, goodness, and truth in the holy wisdom of God. Just as you in this parish and the other Orthodox parishes in the area sensed some years ago the need for a better educational approach to lead and let the light shine in your young children to have a change in the routine of teaching the child. You must remember that the most enduring lessons learned are those that are lived at home. A home where the light of Christ shines in the lives of the parents is the strongest foundation that can be manifested in the lives of the children in whatever educational circumstance they find themselves. A change in attitude in the home is a profound change for the child. Jesus said to his disciples in today's Gospel reading that we must work the works of his Father who sent him while we have the light of day. The night comes, he said to his disciples, where no one can work. How many times that question comes to our hearts? when we have an angst or something a bone to pick with someone. That is the time that the sun and the light fades away from our hearts. And the dark, darkness comes in. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, he said to his disciples. This has particular meaning in the today's Gospel reading when Jesus opens the eyes of the man born blind. Last night in the Great Vespers, I pointed out to you, to those of you who were here, about the many witnesses, the cloud of witnesses of the saints that they are engulfing you every time you come in this blessed place. Their intercessions and their prayers are real, assisting you to see the change in your lives and the light of the day, not in the darkness. Christ's gospel reading today, the gospel reading, Christ, he fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. When Isaiah said, the eyes of the blind shall be opened when the Messiah comes. As it happened, the blind man did not even ask to be healed. Rather, as Jesus was walking along the road, his disciples asked him about the blind man that they saw a few minutes ago. Assuming that his blindness was due to the sins of his parents or his own. 
not this time. Suffering does not always come due to sin. Usually sickness and suffering is simply a manifestation of the fallen world in which we live and to some degree is inescapable for it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Sometimes, as in the case here, it is an opportunity for the power of God to be revealed. Our century and the last century has seen many wonderful new saints <coughs> that they have been shown forth by this exactly principle that God's glory may be revealed to us. Many, a cloud of them around us, new saints, the change in the heart of the Orthodox faith, which is those men and women who become the shining example of God's power. The one who comes to mind at this point is Saint Nikiforos the leper. A man who suffered from eight years of age throughout his life by leprosy. On a time that there was not relief of this cursed illness. Yet, that kind of suffering became the reason for him to become the tool of the grace of God for many, many people. Not because he became saint, but he became the vehicle of God's glory. It is not that God was cruel to make this man blind and suffer so Jesus could come alone one day and heal him. No. St. John Chrysostom observes that the man's blindness ultimately brought him a blessing. Parenthesis here, Nikiforus the leper. The blessing is that not only were his physical eyes opened, but more importantly, his spiritual eyes were opened. He came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ. When we look through the spiritual eyes, and especially when we ask God that His will be done, we can more easily see the blessing that is often hidden in the tragedy of a physical ailment. We forget God's will when it comes to our own safety, wholeness, physical one. We forget about the will of God when something has to be given up for that blessing. Christ invites us today, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, to let that comfort zone and venture 
to let him take over to let him give you and your families the power let me correct myself the blessing to understand who you are as his disciples in one of his epistles Paul describes God's strength is made perfect in weakness, afflictions, sorrows, pains, disappointments, losses. We can become the opportunities, the manifestation of God's grace. Paul and Christ and all the saints never said, never experienced, never preached that it will be an easy road. It's always a road of a change. The change for the better. God may not always calm the storm that we're in in our lives, but rather calm us in the midst of the storm. Thunder clouds may be overhead, but in our hearts, the sun. S-O-N must sign. <coughs> How many around Jesus, especially the leaders of his religion, had good physical vision but were spiritually blind? This is our challenge today. With our modern understanding of hygiene and eye health, how healthy are our spiritual eyes to God's truth? Here we mean not in terms of beliefs held in our minds, but rather in the dark places of our hearts where we, if the truth be told, prefer to light the light not to shine. Spiritual blindness is not limited to the Pharisees that Christ confronted. This is the change that I said to you in the beginning of my comments. This is the change that you are asked to step in. In the today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles, detailing the events in the first generation of church when the Holy Spirit was alive and is still alive because of all these senses we have around us of all of you but then how Paul and Silas were imprisoned how they while in circles were praying and singing hymns and how at around midnight there was an earthquake which freed them. How many of us, when we are infirm, when we are downtrodden, we sing praises to God? This is where the rubber hits the road, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Not when we are on the upper side of things, but when we are down. 
Then is when we open our hearts and ask God to forgive us and to give us the strength and the power of hope and of His unbelievable love for us so that we can go on. The jailer of Paul and Silas was ready to kill himself because he thought they left and they lose, they, he lost them. Not so. And then he said to them something that every one of us have to say one day, if not every day. What must I do to be saved? What part of my life should I change so that I can be saved? Confronting the reality of Christ and God's mercy and grace and love for us. The words are beautiful from all the holy fathers and mothers of our church. Two millennia on, the world is in spiritual darkness. We are not changing as we intend to. It is the church's mission to bring the light of Christ to the despair and dispel the darkness and to open people's spiritual eyes to God, to minister forgiveness of sin, to nurture the faith that the people may be sanctified in Christ. This blessed community of yours, it is a blessing for me personally. Every time I come here for the last 15 years, I get recharged by three things. Your faithfulness, your humility, and your creativity. Keep those three items in your hearts and cultivate them. The change sometimes comes and it's hard to accept. But it is something that comes out from your faithfulness, your humility, and your creativity. Let us make this Sunday of the blind, the Sunday that our eyes will be open to the light of Christ, especially to the dark hidden places of our hearts, and change us, and proceed with the love of the risen Lord, as we anticipate His ascension, to give us the power to change our lives so that we become agents of change to everyone around us. Not too much of a tall order. It doesn't take so many Orthodox to do that. It just takes one person at a time to change the world. And that person must be Christ through you. May the love of the risen Lord be with you and your families. Christ is risen. Christ is risen.